You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? to the right. Newton takes the snap and he is in for a Panthers touchdown. How about new? Welcome back everyone to Buff Up, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Steve Vega and today we're going to be talking about the Panthers matchup. Uh, obviously the Panthers are looking to revive themselves. Uh, Matt Rule and his team have just been in a similar boat that a lot of teams are in trying to find the right guy at QB. And uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, I do not think Cam Newton is their answer, was their answer, and should have ever been their answer. Um, I thought it was a big slap to the face uh, to basically the entire fan base that just completely quit on Sam Darnold. You know, so we're going to get into that. But, guys, you know, we're sitting here, and <laughs> Matt Warren, uh, editor-in-chief here in Buffalo Rumblings, had an interesting, uh, you know, article when it comes down to talking to, uh, you know, the aspects of what the Bills could be looking at as far as the playoff implications go. And let me tell you, it feels like I, I'm Doctor Strange all over again, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to process everything all at once. How many uh, chances uh, the Bills can have, how many chances they've had, and it's almost like you wish you can go back in time, like it is a, an Avengers movie and try to fix things and, and set things in order in a different way, um, but here we are. It, it is what it is. You go undefeated or you go home. That's what I took away from this whole entire um, article and also just what I'm looking at happening you know in the league right now we have so many teams that are literally within a game one game from each other and you can't make this up even if the Bills win and another team loses they get kicked out of placement yeah so I'm going to be linking uh, you know this article in the bio of this episode because I thought uh, Matt Warren did such a fantastic job breaking down all the several scenarios. Um, you know, scenario one, I'm just going to kind of read through this one, you know, skim it and, you know, give your thoughts about it. You know, whether if it's on Twitter, um, whether if it's online, there's over 50 comments on this article already. Um, scenario one says here, uh, basically, that could obviously change this weekend with the massive number of COVID-19 cases raging the Browns. If they lose and both the Bengals and Bills win, it sets up a scenario where Buffalo falls out of the playoff picture completely despite a victory. <laughs> Go on to say, so Ravens win or tie to stay in AFC North lead. Bills win, going to 8-6, and 5-5 five and five in the AFC. Browns lose, 
falling to 7-7. Bengals win, going to 8-6, 6-3 in the AFC. Colts win, going to 8-6, 7-3 in the AFC. Uh, there's several scenarios. You, de- you guys should definitely take some time to you know look at this. But uh, you know, from what I am trying to basically piece together here, I'm noticing, you know, basically the Bills did them absolutely no favors this entire season. Obviously, right? But this is this is where you get at the end of the season when you have these losses that are inexplicable <laughs> and. You're wondering why all these scenarios start to arise. Well, it's because crappy teams typically get beat regularly by other good teams. And other good teams beat these crappy teams that the Bills lost to, right? So I'm just trying to put it into perspective like that. Um, and, and, and that's something to take into account with this season. Um, it, it's really hard to piece together, you know, what eventually will take place. What I believe is going to take place is very simple. I think the Bills are going undefeated the rest of this way. Here's why. Buffalo Bills finally listened uh, to their gut. Uh, Maybe they saw that Kyle Brandt, you know, whatever motivation speech, uh, you know, at halftime, and they realized, well, kind of feels like we have something to play for now. And, you know, I kind of feel like that's been the frustration with this whole season. It's like all the fans feel like, you know, the Bills have had, you know, so much to play for. And it almost feels like from the outside looking in, this is not me speculating and believing this is what it is, but it almost it almost feels like from a fan's perspective, from the outside looking in, they care about certain games, they don't care about other games. And they're emphasizing to put everything they got into a particular time in the season. But that's just not true. You know, there are a lot of things that go into a game plan, uh, you know, trying to get certain players up to speed. And now everyone's been stressing over the entire offseason, including myself. Look, and I I ate my words, uh, you know, about the, about the running game. And you know what? The Bills even had to eat their words on trying to figure out the running game. Stephon Diggs did. Everyone did. Um, we need to pass the football Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the leader in receptions last year, Stephon Diggs, is not even in the top five this year. So something's got to give here. Something's got to change. And it's time to get back to basics, time to capitalize. That's what I was talking about last week going into this week now. You know, and so just I'm not going to get crazy into this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Here's why. It was a game that was heroic. It was exciting. It didn't result in a W, but it did result in momentum on the offensive side of the football. Now, this is a game where we are going to see if that momentum was true or if maybe on some front or another, the Buccaneers just decided to buckle at the bend and basically, you know, give the Bills a crack of hope that, you know, just became a flood of a situation that they didn't know how to contain. And then, you know, finally Tom Brady and, you know, all the pass interference calls, I get it. And then the multiverse with the screen going crazy and, you know, whatever. What what matters right now is very simple. The Buffalo Bills seem to have gotten their groove back, but just like a lot of things in life, it didn't really come back in the way we expected or were excited to 
have it come back. And that is with Josh Allen putting his body on the line and seeing him walk out of this game with a boot. Um, you know, so look, we love what this offense can do. Um, and basically, let's just be real. Nothing is going to be pretty from this point forward. It's going to be very gritty. It's going to be, you know, basically unorthodox because we have a, just, I don't know how many running backs on the roster and we don't have a running game and we're relying on our quarterback to literally do everything. And then randomly, whenever Devin Singletary or Zach Moss or, you know, Matt Breida decide to, they decide to just show up and run a 15 yard gain. And oh my God, the running backs, you know, the running, running games back. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, it gets stifled all over again. So this is something that, you know, I have faith. Call me crazy. I have faith that I think they started to figure out what to do with the offensive line and the lineup. I like the lineup they had. All right. I obviously, I, I here's the thing. Feliciano, say what you will. Um, I think he's a good rotational player maybe to bring in in the future. In the, in the rest of this, um, you know, fold as far as maybe we get in the postseason. But right now, at left guard, I would definitely like to keep Ike Bucker there. Um, you know, and and swing Daryl Williams, you know, obviously to the to the right guard spot. Keep him there. Um, and I really, really like what, you know, Spencer Brown's bringing to the table. I think, basically, Spencer Brown has become Feliciano 2.0. Uh in other words, that grittiness, but he's also showing it in his play. He's not joking around. Um, with every single snap, he is trying his hardest. He's a rookie. <laughs> he's a rookie, guys. I mean, this would be different if he was in the league for as long as Deion Dawkins is. And, you know, with the way Spencer Brown is playing so early on, um, you know, obviously in his career and in this season, like, I would, I would... I'd have to say that Deion Dawkins has now put, been put on notice, right? Uh, he has to step up his game. But this is good. This is what you want. Um, so let's talk about this Panthers matchup, though. You know, I, I really don't want to go crazy about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game because everyone has. I want to talk about Cam Newton. I want to talk about the Panthers. And I want to talk about, is this possibly Jacksonville 2.0? <laughs> yeah. Because they still got Redick. They still got Burns. Um, they still have Stephon Gilmore. You know, they have weapons on the defensive side of the football. And I'd actually be kind of dumb not to say that Cam Newton can bring to the table just as much as Trevor Lawrence right now early in his career. They can basically do just about the same. Um, now, this is what the Bills need to do to Cam Newton. Get him to turn the ball over. That's been the MO about Cam Newton for as long as I can remember. As Von Miller in the Super Bowl, you know, you can have so many memories of times when Cam was just, he's, he constantly has situations where he's turning the football over and you're, you're scratching your head like, man, he was either in position or he had the chance and he didn't come through because he turned the ball over. And, you know, that's something that I think this Bills defense is going to be really savvy and excited about. I mean, Ed Oliver emerging is going to be no fun for Cam Newton. Now, 
as far as what their offense brings to the table, I want to talk about that real quick. So really, they run a spread offense with five wide. You know, they do this thing that I think is pretty cool. They run like two wide. They they run two wide receivers on each side, and they have an option screen to both sides. And basically, they hit you where they want, when they want, and then if Cam doesn't like it, okay, let's just run it up the middle. I'm going to audible it. So the defense has to be the aggressor, you know, to catch this team off guard. Also, if the Bills want to get Newton out of his comfort zone as far as, you know, if they're going to fake, you know, the runner, he's going to just drop back, look for a route called Texas. What is Texas? All right, basically a Texas route is you have a fullback or halfback, whatever they, whoever they position right behind him, um, if he's in I formation, basically comes out underneath the tight end on a slant route to the middle of the field, and it opens up the field for the tight end, but it also opens up the middle of the field for the fullback or halfback, which I really think that can be one of the most effective, uh, you know, plays in a lot of situations, you know, whether it be in the red zone, whether it be in the middle of the field, whether it be when you just want to get your tight end rolling. I mean, hell, you can run a drag route with your tight end and then just swing your half back to the middle of the field again. And you're forcing the, you know, the middle linebacker to pick and choose, you know, who he wants to guard, whether, you know, if they're in a, if he's man-to-man, he wants to switch up, or if, you know, you're looking at a situation where you're in zone, you know, cover two situation there. Thing is here, looking at Cam Newton most recently, they basically do not care how they're running their offense, in my opinion. I think they are trying to win and scrape as much as they can. And if I'm Matt Rule, I am biting my fingernails in this game to figure out some way, somehow, to get something going against the Bills on the run game. So I would definitely see Cam Newton either, you know, read option, uh, you know, run option, pitching it back. You name it. Any run option play that Cam Newton has ever ran will probably be ran in this game. Um, So, you know, Matt Milano... Uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, our safeties are going to be very, they're going to have to be very gap sound and, you know, be able to stifle, you know, their game plan. Because as long as Cam Newton is trying to air out that ball, the Bills probably are going to win this, I would say, two to three scores. But in the event, for some crazy reason, he's able to just stifle the Bills in the run game, it's going to be a very long game. It really is. Because I would say that he's definitely several tiers beneath Josh Allen as far as what his capabilities are with his arm, but he can still surprise you and he can still wow you with certain aspects of his game. He's made plays. He's made throws. He's not an absolute bum. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm saying, you know, Cam Newton's a great backup quarterback. I think he's someone that can come in and probably save the day uh, late late in a game or, you know, whatever have you. He's very unorthodox and he can ruin a game plan. But if you're just game planning for him, then you have a situation here where, you know, Buffalo basically just has to minimize their mistakes in the run game, force them to throw the football, and we just have to make sure whenever Moore goes deep, we're covering him. Anderson's most likely he's going to get the ball uh, several times, and we're probably going to have to live and die with that. But, you know, that's just the way they run their offense. Now, as far as what the Bills' offense has to do, they just got to win at the line of scrimmage if they're going to win in the passing game because they're going to pass the football. We all know. The the secret's out. Gig is out. Buffalo Bills are going to pass the football 
We're done running the football. If we run it, great. I really don't give a damn, and I know no one else does either. From what we saw in this last game, just putting putting the game in Josh Allen's hands and just saying you can run it or you can audible it, I'm pretty sure uh, there were several plays where, you know, maybe he just got out of a design run play and he just wanted to throw the football. Give him the reins. Um, you know, I think that's something that's going to start happening more and more with Dabo and Allen. I feel like in the second half, they basically told Josh, try and win it. Try and win it. So, you know, now we're in a situation where, you know, just like the Panthers, just like a lot of these losing teams or teams that are just peering, you know, outside of the outside of the wild card spots, we have nothing to lose, right? We, we, we basically are going to have to play this game like we have nothing left to lose. And I am so damn excited about it. This is great. This is exactly what we have been waiting for. I know this sounds crazy. And I know this sounds like kind of an off-kilter or, you know, just different angle of a take. Look, this is what the Bills needed. They needed to have no other game ahead of the next game making them worried I felt like that is something that has been a narrative in this season but that comes with the territory of being a primetime football team you know let's be real when was the last time we saw Ed Oliver pick up an offensive lineman and slam him into the ground push his face mask into his face and No big deal. Let's just keep playing the game. I haven't seen that fire out of Ed Oliver in I don't know how many weeks. So yeah, it's good to have primetime games. Do not get me wrong. But it is bothersome when you're looking at your team have all this fired up energy for primetime games. And in between those primetime games, you're seeing a lackluster team. This is all going to come down to keeping that grit. And again, winning at the line of scrimmage, protecting Josh Allen, letting the Bills, if there's man-to-man coverage, which most likely there will be with Stephon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore, you better believe Josh Allen is going to need time to dissect where to toss the football up. The Panthers' DBs are very aggressive. After watching some film, I noticed, especially at the line of scrimmage, they they're like they like to be very physical. They'll they'll literally they'll push a wide receiver so hard they'll lift them off the ground, and then their route's over. So I'm expecting a huge game from Stephon Diggs, because it's like what Obi Wan Kenobi said about Sith Lords. It's our speciality. It's his speciality. He loves getting physical at the line of scrimmage. So this is going to be a really fun matchup to see uh, between Stephon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. I'm curious to see what kind of plays we'll see them right, you know, right up. But you know, there's a lot of talent on that defense. So the main thing that's going to have to happen here is obviously the creativity trusting what Josh Allen can do, trusting how Josh Allen feels as well. You know, this whole notion of always having to go with the doctors and whatever have you, I get it, but man, some of the greats, 
tell the doctor F you. <laughs> and they just keep playing, man. I'm sorry. It's just it's just the flat-out truth. If Josh Allen would have listened to maybe some of those uh, doctors after he had gotten his foot sprained and they wrapped it up and maybe they kind of said, you know, Maybe you should let you know Mitch jump in. Hell no, he's not going to let Mitch jump in. Let's just be real. There ain't no way in hell we make even close to a comeback last week in that second half with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Maybe we're competitive in this game, but I still think uh, we have a bigger chance of losing this game uh, with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback against the Carolina Panthers. I just feel like he's very one-dimensional. You know, he's he's a he's a one-two throw the football kind of read guy, and uh, he he's going to have to rely heavily on the on the run game. So I really believe that you know having Josh Allen in this game is huge. Being able to see the Josh Allen of 2020 is going to come down to, again, that line of scrimmage aggression. So, look, there's something that I noticed about the Bills over the last, you know, couple of weeks, and obviously with this ridiculous losing streak. Look, all the Bills have to do is just be themselves, not beat themselves. And the way they have been beating themselves is by trying to be a team they are not, trying to recreate themselves. You ever hear a band that releases a fantastic album, and you're basically expecting the next great thing after that album, and they decide to take it into a completely different direction because they, you know, they believe they're so good and they're so talented. And then you you watch interviews about them and they're just kind of like, you know, they give that same cliche, oh, you know, we just wanted to explore different boundaries in our band. We just felt like we have a lot of influences we haven't really explored. Like, no! Throw that crap away. It doesn't work. Right? The 2020 Buffalo Bills. Put the league on notice that they aren't going anywhere. We saw a glimpse of that in the second half of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So now, all they need to do is get out of this stupid chess game with these teams that aren't as talented as them and just do what they do for four quarters and see if these teams can stop it for four quarters. Look, if the weather's decent, eventually something is going to hit in the passing game and the Carolina Panthers are going to have to back off. They're going to have to either allow the underneath or they're going to have to play press or they're going to have to commit to you know a Tampa 2 defense, whatever they try to do. But I am believing that this is a game, even without Emmanuel Sanders, where the Buffalo Bills are going to try to slice and dice this team and force them to play their absolute best football. But the X factor is going to be Stephon Diggs. If we can feed him the ball, he's going to open up the entire offense. It's really not that difficult. I had Stevie Johnson on a couple of weeks ago, and he straight up said it. This is a guy who has been on the field, who has played with other fantastic wide receivers in his day. And he said, then you feed Stephon and then just feed it underneath to Beasley if it's not open up top. He's open. And if you watch the tape, he is open. The question is, what is the offense prioritizing? Do they Are they telling Josh, you need to push the ball down the field in order for this game plan to work? Or is he at a constant, uh, you know, wrestle in, inside of himself on, you know, wanting to hit that deep shot over and over and over again, and it's just not there. It's like, you know, Josh Allen of, you know, latter years. But whatever it is, it just seems like there's too much talent on this team 
for them to be wasting opportunities against, you know, to win against these basically below 500 subpar teams. Like, you have Cam Newton on the other side. Look, I'm not predicting the Bills are going to lose this game. I am predicting they're going to take the same momentum from the second half of last game, and they are going to basically tell the Carolina Panthers, try and stop this. Because the Super Bowl champions basically couldn't. If the Carolina Panthers can basically stifle that, I'm going to be shocked. If you can basically stop Josh Allen from going wherever he wants with his legs, along with stopping the play action down the field, someone from your team has to go to the Pro Bowl. Someone. <laughs> so, you know, so I want to talk about a player in particular, you know, to close this out here. You know, let's let's talk about Gabe Davis. So, it almost feels as though he is an anomaly. We can't seem to figure out exactly what kind of player he is for this offense, or rather, what kind of player he potentially can become. It's tough because he's been stuck underneath the shadow of Emmanuel Sanders this entire season, and now when it's crunch time, we're suddenly deciding to feed him the ball, which in my opinion is very odd. I think it's cool. I think it's great because I love seeing, uh, you know, young players on this team, you know, getting, getting a chance, which I think they, (laughs) at this point in the running game, just let Tone Williams get the damn ball and start running it around. I don't know why they're just allowing, you know, Devin Singletary only and, you know, Zach Moss and Matt Breida at this point, just switch them all out, see who the hell can get it going. That's a little side note there, but look, Getting your young talent involved is very important. You look at Gabe Davis. For Gabe Davis, he needs these opportunities. He needs especially this game to prove to the coaching staff that he is trustworthy. And I think that's something that basically benched a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. You know, it's not just being able to take a look at Stevenson. I think it was more one of these things where they're just kind of looking at the roster at large and they're just kind of like, man, who do we trust the most? And unfortunately, a 35, 36-year-old vet, I, I forgot exactly how old you know Emmanuel Sanders is. If, Emmanuel Sanders, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I messed up your age. If you're 33, I apologize. <laughs> now, I think he's 35, 36. But listen, um, you trust Emmanuel Sanders, obviously, way more than you'll trust Gabe Davis just because of his experience and what, how explosive he can be. And he was very explosive early on in this season. Um, it's just... Right now, the Bills are trying to figure out how to better utilize him. You know, let's be real. We had John Brown in this team before. He couldn't stay on the field, you know, too much. But whenever there was continuity between him, you know, with Stephon Diggs and being able to stretch the field, this offense was very explosive. So I'm very curious to see how exactly they're going to want to use Gabe Davis. Now, I will say this. Josh Allen's going to be put on notice this week. Here's why. There are plays, if you watch that last game, where I'm talking about receivers were wide the F open, and he was not throwing the football to them. And it took a 24-3 to lead from the Tampa Bay Bucks for him to finally wake up and just start chucking that football and making plays. There just needs to be more consistency coming out of Josh. The jitters need to be gone in this game. Basically, for the rest of the way, there is nobody else he needs to be troubled about. You know what you're going to get out of the Patriots. Everyone else on that schedule, you need to handle them. 
Like, it, it, there, there's no excuses anymore for Josh Allen. I'm sorry. Like, I, I get it. You, you, oh, well, you know, Gabe Davis. What, what, if, what if they lay an egg this week? I'm, you know, knock on wood. I understand. But if they do lay an egg, you basically have to completely blame Josh Allen. I'm sorry. People, have, people on this team have healed up. Okay, you lost Emmanuel Sanders. Big whoop. Um, you know, there's plenty of ways to get this offense rolling. They're very talented. So this is going to be one of those games where Josh Allen's going to have to really place the ball in the right place. You know, and I said this at the beginning of the season. I said one of the things that I think people are starting to, you know, kind of sweep underneath the rug is this next step for Josh Allen. This is the next step for Josh Allen, okay? It's ball placement and leading the football team. And he's, look, he's done a great job. Do not get me wrong. But right now, this is not the time to lay an egg and start pointing the finger around once everything finally decides to crumble, if in, if in fact it does. I don't think that it is. But, you know, he has been very responsible as far as what everything he's said and whatever have you. But, yeah, look, I, I, I think for this game and for the rest of the stretch of the season into the postseason, like in, until the postseason starts, he's basically got to carry this team. But the, <laughs> these teams are not, they're not great. So we need to see a great Josh Allen dominate these teams. The defense is going to back him up. Hell, the defense ended up showing up against Tom Brady and the refs. We need Josh Allen 2020 back. I think he's back. The reemergence of Josh 2020 is back. But I am going to be harsh about it because as a fan, you know, yeah, we're very pissed off. Kyle Brandt. You've been listening to a lot of our podcasts, apparently, from what I have listened to in in a lot of your interviews and whatnot, and you are noticing Bills fans are pissed off. Well, it's like it's like what Stevie Johnson said. No, hold them to it. You know, um, you know, ho- you know, hold them accountable. That's okay, but know when to you know let the lever off a little bit. So you know, I'm just being stern. At the end of the day, you know, the Carolina Panthers. They've had chances to be a great team this season. Do not get me wrong. They are a tough opponent. And they sure as hell can do exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars did to the Bills several weeks ago if this offensive line doesn't win the line of scrimmage to let this passing game get going. But, um, you know, I wanted to close off with this. You know, like, Gabe Davis can be that guy just like Stephon Diggs is that guy for Josh Allen. I am a true believer in that. I, that's just how I see him. It's just, as fans, we're waiting to see who he is to the Bills. Who is he to the Bills? Is he someone that the Bills trust, or is he someone that, you know what, we're just going to throw him in there when we feel like it, you know, and whatever. Like, eventually, you need to get a return on these draft picks or move on from them. There's no way in hell I am, I am going to sell out on, you know, believing Gabe Davis is just a subpar wide receiver. I think he can be big time. (laughs) If you thought what he did in that Colts playoff game last year, where he basically turns into Tony Toe Tap and he carries the Buffalo Bills offense with Josh Allen, Josh Allen is trusting Gabe Davis in a playoff game to win the game. (laughs) Maybe... Maybe I got it twisted. Maybe it's not, let's not feed 
you know, Stephon Diggs. Maybe let's feed Gabe Davis to then feed Stephon Diggs. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he's the one that's going to open up this offense truly. Truly, right? he, He is the anomaly. He is the player that if he starts to get hot and get going, what is this offense going to be like in the playoffs? And how in the hell are you going to stop it? Because if Josh Allen trusts everyone he's throwing the football to for real, everyone's in trouble. It's a perfect opportunity to really figure out how to utilize Gabe Davis and stretch his potential. Next year, I don't want to hear about another veteran wide receiver coming in. I want to see Gabe Davis as wide receiver too. I said at the beginning of the season, I felt that he was wide receiver too. Then they signed Emmanuel Sanders. I thought it was a good signing. Do not get me wrong. I think he's great to the community. I think he's made big plays. Um, but look, I, I, I just feel like he has an it factor, Gabe Davis. And whatever they may do as far as trying to you know open up the game using him, they need to figure it out and they need to make it concrete in this offense. So we know what we're going to get out of Cole Beasley. We know what we're going to get out of Dawson Knox. We know what we're going to get out of Stephon Diggs. We know what we're going to get out of, we're getting out of Emmanuel Sanders. We don't know what we're getting out of the running game. So it, he, I feel like he's he's the missing puzzle piece right now to really help elevate this team to another stratosphere. And um you know, have some flashbacks of, you know, Bills 2020. Anywho, guys, um, you know, that's kind of my take here on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast of what to expect in this Panthers matchup. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm trying to be a little creative here, guys, you know, with my uh, technological, uh, you know, uh, savviness, I guess. <laughs> it's very subpar. I know I'm literally working out of my own little uh, mini studio here. Um, in my house, but I'm having a good time doing this. Thank you guys so much for listening, supporting. I've been doing this for a while. Um, you know, I'm really thankful to be on this platform, uh, you know, with all these incredible podcasters. I still feel like I'm the new guy on the block a lot of the times. Um, you know, methodology is something that I feel like takes time to formulate, um, you know, whenever you're doing a week to week show. But, you know, thanks so much for supporting. Uh, again, my name is Steve Vega. It's all the veterans out there. I salute you. Um, you know, all the airmen out there too. I'm an airman myself. Um, you know, so I salute you too, uh, in particular, no, (laughs) but, um, nah, man, it's, it's, it's been an honor obviously being here this whole entire year. It's going to be, it's going to be a good stretch here, guys. So hang in there, you know, try not to, uh, you know, throw stuff at your TV screen. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy stretch, you know, going into the rest of the season, but you know, let's, let's enjoy it. Let's support each other. Let's support the bills and, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go bills.